0: Welcome to EdTech Journeys, the Wayne County Public Schools podcast where we explore the ever-evolving world of educational technology and its impact on teaching and learning. Our mission is to help educators stay up-to-date with the latest EdTech trends and best practices. In each episode, we'll sit down with experts, teachers, and administrators to discuss their experiences and share insights into how blended learning and technology integration are transforming education. Join us as we embark on a new adventure in learning. This is EdTech Journeys with Robert Yancey. Today, we'll be talking with Melissa Sanders. Ms. Sanders, fourth grade teacher at Meadow Lane Elementary has begun implementing blended learning strategies with her class and is having incredible results. It all began with her participation in the North Carolina Rethink Education Blended Instructor course. This course is currently being offered as part of a statewide grant sponsored by the North Carolina Department of Public Instruction, the North Carolina Center for the Advancement of Teaching, and the Research Triangle Institute International. Ms. Sanders was able to take what she learned in the course and apply the techniques in her own classroom to great success. Listen to learn more and check out our show notes for more information on how you, too, can participate in the North Carolina Rethink Education courses available. Now, let the journey begin. I'd like to welcome our guest today, Ms. Melissa Sanders. Thank you for taking the time to join us. Would you mind starting us off by telling everyone a little bit about yourself and your professional background?
1: Yes. Thank you for having me. My name is Melissa Sanders. I'm a fourth-grade teacher at Meadow Lane Elementary School. This is my 21st year teaching. Um, A lot of my experience has been in lower elementary, but for the past four years, I've been teaching upper elementary, third and fourth grade. This is my second year teaching fourth grade.
0: All right. Terrific. So I've been told your classroom has totally transformed this year as you've begun implementing blended learning strategies. What is what does that mean? What what does blended learning look like in your classroom?
1: In my classroom, we do blended learning by incorporating more technology into what we're doing in the classroom, rather than just doing worksheets and just paper pencil practice. We're doing a lot more projects. We're doing um, STEM activities. We're using the Google apps, the Google um, Classroom for a lot of instruction and in, in practice.
0: Okay. Um, ha- have you always incorporated a lot of technology in your classroom?
1: When I first looked at blended learning, I looked at it and I was like, hey, I do this. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been using Google Classroom for since we all got out for COVID. Right. That's when I went and I got Google certified and I really tried to learn it for myself so that I could be a better online instructor for my kids at the time. And when we all came back together and whole group instruction, everybody in the classroom, I decided this would work great in the classroom as well. It makes it more, it's more interactive for the kids. It gets them more involved. It gets them more excited about learning. Um, They love to do the projects. Project-based learning is a big thing in my class um, because it takes their math skills and it integrates it with everything else. I do a lot of STEAM and STEM. And I think keeping them engaged in activities like that makes it easier for them to learn the information because they're actually applying it. And so the blended learning strategies, it gives them activities to do that is going to build their skill level and also keep them, I don't want to say entertain, but keep them um, engaged. engaged. Yep. Yes, exactly. Okay.
0: Um, so, so what turned you on to blended learning? What got you excited about it?
1: Well, I saw an email to take the class and my teammate was also taking the class. So I was like, well, we can do it together. It'll be fun. And then I started the class and I, I fell in love. And that's when I went to my principal and I said, look, I really want to try this blended learning, like head on, let's do it. I said, it's going to look really messy in my room for a while. Just want to let you know, but this is the way I want to go. And she was very supportive she told me to just do what I wanted to do, and and as long as the kids were growing, that we were going to monitor my data and stuff and see if it was working. As long as it was working, she was fine with it, and it's been working wonderfully.
0: All right. So what particular blended learning strategies have you implemented in your classroom?
1: We use playlists. I give them an ELA and a math playlist on Monday, Mm -hmm. and then we go over it, and I Playlists are wonderful because it gives them an agenda, basically. It tells them what I'm looking for by the end of the week. These are the activities that we need to focus on. Um, it gives them a guide, sort of like a checklist. And I have a lot of children that have um, ADHD and, and EC issues. And for kids like that, they really need some sort of plan mm-hmm. to keep them mm-hmm. focused and engaged and they like to know what's happening, what's coming up, what what do I need to do next? And that answers all those questions for them. And then I don't have to stop teaching to say, okay, if you're finished, you need to do this right. or um, <laughs> you need to do this next. I don't have to do that because they have their playlist. They know what need, they need to do. They know what needs to come next. Um, I always have extra activities Cause on your playlist, I have must-do activities that they have to do, but mm-hmm. then there are some can do activities that they can do when they're finished. So I don't ever have I'm finished. Right. Like <laughs> there's no I'm finished. There's always something more you can do. So playlists we do every week. Um, I also use choice boards because kids learn different ways. So I think it's very important to give them opportunities to practice what they know in their own learning styles, and choice boards are a great way to do that. We use choice boards for spelling and math. Um, With math, the choice boards are really good for learning their multiplication facts at the beginning of the year, because I used to teach third grade, and third grade really focuses on memorizing those multiplication division facts. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a hard thing for some children so i had a lot of kids at the beginning of the year that didn't know their multiplication facts fluently mm-hmm. so i used math choice boards to help them practice their multiplication facts so there was some technology um fact practice there was drawing there was writing there was all sorts of things like writing a rap about a map or your twos facts or right. um draw equal groups for your fours or there was different ways that they could show that they learned it and Mm -hmm. it didn't matter which activity they chose they were still showing that they learned the information so I think choice boards are um, definitely something that is important for the kids to use because a lot of kids don't they don't want to just memorize things they they can't they have to do it different ways and one kid may be able to Memorize using flashcards But another child may need to practice By drawing it out And stuff like that So the choice board gives them opportunities To pick their best strategy Or their best learning style To show what they know Um, We also do Like I said before We do STEM activities I do STEM every Friday I call it STEM Friday And so I try to find an activity For them to do That is based on whatever we're learning In HMH um, Reading and math Mm -hmm. I take the theme or like we did smoke jumpers not too long ago. So I took whatever we were learning there and found a STEM activity to tie it all in. So I think that teaching STEM has really not only engaged my children in the other, like the math and the reading and incorporated it all together, but it's important for that science because they are going to be tested in science in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very important to include that science instruction in with, the math and the reading, and not just focus on math and reading. So, STEM activities are something that I think is definitely a great blended learning activity to do because it teaches them all of that, but it's also good to teach them about teamwork and working together and how to cooperate because that's really a hard skill sometimes for fourth graders. It's <laughs> a hard skill for adults. <laughs> and that's what I tell my kids I'm like, when we're together in class and we're working, these are your coworkers. Sure. We're friends on the playground, we're friends in the cafeteria, but in class we have to be co-workers and we have to learn to work together because when you grow up and you become an adult, you have to know how to work with people and be cooperative and kind and respectful of other people's thoughts. So STEM and blended learning in general is great for teaching kids how to work together.
0: Terrific. Terrific. Now, for the sake of our audience and my own curiosity, what are smoke jumpers?
1: Smoke jumpers are firefighters or special firefighters that fight wildfires. So they jump out of the airplanes and parachute into the fi- the wildfire, wow. basically, and put out the fires. They're like the first responders because it takes too long to get a fire truck up to some of the firefighters. So they jump out of airplanes.
0: Oh, wow. Wow. That is neat. <laughs> Okay, so um, what changes have you seen in your students since putting these strategies in place? Um, Have you noticed anything different about your students as far as their, I don't know, motivation, maybe even behavior? Uh, What do you think?
1: Behavior issues have definitely gone down. I don't have to deal with a whole lot of behaviors every once in a while. I have to step in and mediate if we're having some disagreements about whatever we're working on, um, but that's about it. I don't really have a lot of kids that are having to go to the office or fighting or any of anything like that because my kids are engaged all day long. They have something to do all day long, and I think keeping that level of engagement up helps keep your behaviors down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, my scores are going up in reading and math, mm-hmm. so I'm seeing some improvement And I'm big on growth mindset. So I tell the kids, as long as we're going up, we're going in the right direction. If we're stuck, then there's something I need to do to help you get unstuck. So that's why we, that's how I present data to my kids anyway. Data shows me what I need to do to help you. Mm -hmm. And what blended learning is helping them because they're moving at their own speed, but they're all moving in the right direction, which is what I was looking for.
0: Right, right. so, you know, give me a little bit of insight into the actual classroom itself. What's that energy level like when the kids are working on an activity, uh, say a playlist or a choice board? You know, what, what's what's going on in that room?
1: My room is very active mm-hmm. because we're not all working on the same things at the same time. Right. Um, so it can get a little loud, but it's a good loud. It's not disruption. They're not... They're engaged. They're mm-hmm. engaged with each other. There's a lot of collaboration going on. There's a lot of talking. I like for them to discuss things. So mm-hmm. we spend a lot of time discussing, especially in reading, discussing what they're giving their thoughts, and they're sharing that with their team. And then that's getting their teammates to think, oh, well, I didn't think about it that way. So it's teaching them new strategies. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I I feel like kids learn best from talking to their peers, mm-hmm. because that's, they don't always want to listen to what, you know, <laughs> your teacher doesn't always know everything. That's what, it, but they, when they hear it from their peers, I think it sinks in.
0: Sure, sure. Um, and now, now, from the instructor's point of view, um, what, what is that flow of instruction in the classroom? If, if I'm a visitor just passing by and watching you in the classroom, what, what does it look like?
1: I usually do a short mini lesson on reading or math, Mm -hmm. whichever subject I'm teaching. And then they go to their, I call it independent work time. Mm -hmm. And then they're working on their playlist. While they're working on their playlist, I'm pulling small groups. Mm -hmm. I'm pulling small groups to me and I'm working on things like phonics. A lot of my fourth graders are missing some of those key phonics skills and phonemic awareness skills. Mm -hmm. And I'm taking that time to pull them to me and give them the small group instruction on the skills that they need help with. Mm -hmm. Um, I also do guided reading that way. I've kind of changed my guided reading a little bit. I've kind of flipped that. Mm -hmm. I taught them at the beginning how we're doing novel studies, so I taught them at the beginning we we read they would come with me and we would read for a little while then we would practice answering questions well now i've totally flipped that so when they're doing novel studies i'm rotating around the room mm-hmm. they're working with their group they have questions mm-hmm. they're having their own discussions right. they're leading their own group now there's a group leader assigned mm-hmm. at the beginning of the the day i'm like okay you're the table leader for this And so they know we ask our table leader, we ask our friends at our table, then we come to the teacher. So mm-hmm. that frees me up to walk around and monitor and make sure everybody's on the right page. I can stop and help a group. Maybe my lower group needs me more and needs some intense instruction on something. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't stop the instruction of the other kids because they're leading their own groups at this point.
0: Okay. So so the kids aren't the only active ones in the class. No, right?
1: I'm all <laughs> over the place.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, very good. Um so have you observed any benefits in terms of the student's social-emotional needs?
1: Absolutely. Um, they, Like I said, they're learning to cooperate with each other. Mm-hmm. I think some of these kids missed out on some of that social interaction when we got out for COVID. Mm-hmm. And they they missed those skills that they learn in the lower grades of how to be a friend, how to work with somebody. And s- blended learning helps them to develop those skills that maybe they didn't develop when they were younger. So I've seen them learn how to be more compassionate and empathetic towards their peers and more helpful instead of being mean. Right, right. Um, They're learning how to work together. And SEL lessons, they come naturally. Mm -hmm. So if something comes up, then I have an SEL lesson on it.
0: Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you've already kind of alluded to this in describing how you operate in the classroom, but I, I, I just want to know specifically, how do you think blended learning supports um, diverse population of students in the classroom?
1: Well, blended learning is amazing for differentiation. Mm-hmm. I differentiate, base, like I have a very I have a very diverse group this year, mm-hmm. which is nice. I have a, some AIGs, mm-hmm. and then I have some kids that are basically in fourth grade reading on a kindergarten, first grade level. Right. So blended learning allows me to pull the kids based on their needs and work with them mm-hmm. rather than trying to teach whole group. Right. Because when you're teaching whole group, you may be teaching too high for these kids that aren't ready for fourth grade material and... Those AIG kids that are reading on a seventh grade level in fourth grade, they need different instruction. Right. So blended learning works best for for a diverse group of students, in my opinion.
0: Okay. What has been your biggest success since implementing these blended learning strategies?
1: My biggest success is seeing them learn to take control of their own learning. Mm -hmm. They're responsible for their learning now. They know what they have to do. They know where their goals are. Because with che- our playlist mm-hmm. and stuff like that, they know what the goal is for the week. They know what their learning goals are. I talk to them a lot one-on-one in conference with them about where they're at and where we need to be. So they have an idea of what they need to do, and they want to grow. They want to make that growth, and so they work harder.
0: Okay. Okay. So in in conjunction with utilizing these blended learning strategies in the classroom, my assumption is you're also using systemic resources that the district provides for you. What systemic resources are you using?
1: I use HMH for okay. reading and for math. Okay. Um, it works great for blended learning because HMH has some really awesome online resources, and it also has that workbook for the kids that need the paper pencil practice. sure. And I like to give my kids an option. You can do it on the computer or you can do it in your workbook. So that gives them another choice that Mm. they can make. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to steer them more to using the computer. We're practicing a lot with the computer just because our EOGs are now computer based and HMH lines up their assessments and stuff lines up really well to what the check-ins look like. Mm. I've noticed that with the 2.0 check-ins and, the different skills, you can't just pick A, B, C, or D anymore. Right, You might actually have to work it out or move these boxes. And I think teaching them the technology of that through HMH is helping them on their check-ins, and it'll help them on their EOGs. And HMH also has poggles and math, and my kids love that. And it's just like a fun little game that they can play that reinforces the skills that we're learning in math. So they have some good online things and some good paper pencil things. And I also use Freckle Mm -hmm. because Freckle is great for differentiating. And if I'm teaching a skill, I can differentiate that skill based on their reading levels in reading. And so Freckle, I take the skills that are taught in HMH and I plug them into Freckle for extra practice.
0: Okay, okay. So, you know, we've heard a lot of the good things that, that's happened in your classroom with uh, implementing blended learning strategies. Uh, what struggles have you had in, in making this
1: transition? The biggest struggle was at the beginning, because mm-hmm. you have to take time in the beginning to show them how to use the technology. Mm-hmm. I had to take a lot of time in the beginning to demonstrate and teach them Google just all the parts of Google, Google Docs and any of the other Google apps that I was going to use mm-hmm. within Google Classroom. I had to teach them how to collaborate on a Google Doc mm-hmm. and how to be respectful of other people's thoughts when we're collaborating on Google Docs <laughs> and stuff like that. Those kinds of things, I was that was the biggest struggle at the beginning of the year, but once... That was in place, and they knew the expectations, and they knew how to do it. It It's made the rest of the year just run so much smoother. Right. So that was the biggest struggle at the beginning was just teaching them how to use all this technology and teaching them my expectations for using the technology.
0: Right. I think uh, an assumption people make a lot of uh, younger people is that they automatically know how to use all these technology mm-hmm. tools, yeah. and, um, and it's typically not true, you know. I, I mean, they still have to be taught how to use some of these tools. Um, so what tips do you have for others who are interested in trying blended learning strategies in their own classrooms?
1: First, I, I encourage everybody to try it. You'll be amazed at how much growth you will see with your kids, not only academically, but socially. And make sure that you spend that time at the beginning of the year teaching them all the things, how to do Google Classroom, your expectations for assignments, your expectations for them doing their playlists, teaching them how to use a playlist. You have to take that time at the beginning of the year to teach them all of that or it's not going to work.
0: Okay. So for yourself, what are your next growth steps? What do you want to try to improve upon?
1: I want to totally flip my instructions so that I'm making instructional videos for math and reading and then spending less time at the front of the class just teaching those skills and more time pulling them and actually having hands-on practice on those skills and applying the skills that they learn from the lesson. So this summer, I'm planning on trying to make all my reading and math videos for the next year. Mm-hmm. I've already started, so I've been trying to do it this spring, um, do some of them. So I'm hoping by next year I can totally flip my class Okay.
0: Okay. That, that sounds ambitious. <laughs> and then hopefully you'll be able to accomplish that uh, through the summer months, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, what do you think is the greatest takeaway from the blended instructor experience? What, what's your biggest takeaway from just implementing all these strategies, seeing all this growth in your classroom? Uh, what, what's your takeaway here?
1: My greatest takeaway has been realizing how capable they are mm-hmm. at taking control of their own learning and doing things for themselves. As a teacher, I thought they need me to help them with this. They know they need more support on this. They they really are capable of doing it. Mm-hmm. They need your support to make sure they're on the right path, mm-hmm. but it's important to let them learn and let them do it their way. I tell my kids all the time, we learn from making mistakes. It is okay to make a mistake. And we do with blended learning. Sometimes we make mistakes. We have to go, oh, that didn't really work. And so we have to try a different strategy. But I think that seeing them learn to love school again. I've had several parents tell me that their child was in fourth grade already not liking school anymore. And being in my classroom and doing things a little different has made them love coming to school again.
0: Terrific. Terrific. Well, thank you for uh, sharing all of this rich information about your classroom, mm-hmm. and uh, we, we look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you. Before we say goodbye to our guests, we have a segment called Five and Five. In this segment, we will ask our guests five questions that we hope they will be able to answer in five minutes. Are you ready, Melissa? Yes. All right. Question number one, if you could choose one superpower, what would it be?
1: Reading minds.
0: And why is that?
1: So I can know what my kids are thinking sometimes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Question two, describe one of your hobbies.
1: Art. I like to paint and draw, and I make things on my Cricut. Okay. How,
0: how long have you been uh, dealing with that hobby?
1: I've always loved to draw and paint. Mm-hmm. Um, It helps me relieve stress, so I do that a lot. And then my cricket, I just got to two years ago, Uh so I'm learning that, but I've been making all sorts of things.
0: Okay. (laughs) Question three, name one item on your bucket list.
1: To visit Europe.
0: Okay. So you've never visited Europe before? No. Oh, wow. Any particular parts in Europe you would like to go to?
1: I would like to go to Italy, France. I'd like to go to England. And I recently did a DNA test, so I found out where I was from or where Right. I'd like to go to all those places, okay. Ireland.
0: <laughs> okay. Question four. If you won the lottery, what would you do first?
1: Pay off my house. Okay.
0: Okay. That's an admirable goal. Um, Now, give me something more exciting after you pay off your house.
1: I'm going to go to Europe.
0: All right. (laughs) So we're going to go ahead and check off that item on the bucket list. All right. And question five, what is one question you wish people would ask you more?
1: Do you need a raise? (laughs) (laughs) Especially after this week.
0: (laughs) well and and based upon uh, what you've told us about your classroom most definitely
1: <laughs> yeah no i love my job <laughs> i know
0: i know well, again, thank you for being our guest today, Melissa. We have learned a lot about blended learning and a lot about your classroom. And uh, we're we're just really excited uh, about what's gonna happen in your classroom going forward. And uh, we hope to hear more about it. And, and, and we hope you, you'll join us and, and give us an update later on down the line.
1: That sounds great.
0: All right, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today please subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, enjoy your EdTech journeys.